Hello and welcome to Counterthought, a podcast dedicated to my counterthoughts about mainstream media, politics, and culture, and the impact on our nation. I am your host, Brian Fletter. You can follow this podcast on its Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast, on Instagram at counter underscore thought, and on Twitter at counter underscore podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Counterthought. It's great to be back. I took a week off. Life just got busy for me, um, but I'm glad I'm back here with you, my loyal fans. And if you are new to, to Counterthought, please go back and listen to the other episodes. Um, love your support. Give me feedback. Like the intro said, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even have a Gmail <laughs> uh, as well. So, I mean, Give me some feedback. It'll help develop this podcast to be even a better podcast. And again, thank you for your support. So episode 13, this is being recorded on Friday the 13th. Hopefully that uh, brings some good things to me um, instead of the opposite. But we're going to talk about COVID vaccine compliance and how it is coming for you. Now, when COVID began... Everyone was scrambling around trying to figure out how this thing worked, right? How this virus worked. Two weeks to slow the spread because the hospitals were just being overrun and we could not help enough people. I mean, in certain states like New York or New York City, I should say more specifically, so many people were dying so quickly that they were using freezer trucks, freezer semi-trucks to stack the bodies in because the morgue could not process the bodies fast enough. But fast forward a year and a half, uh, literally a year and a half, which is just crazy to think about. I guess it shows how adaptable we are as humans and as Americans, uh, you know, just to go along and do what we need to do to make sure that we are keeping ourselves safe and others safe and abiding by the law for most of it, right? Uh, There are some people out there who, who don't like to be told what to do. That's for sure. Uh, and they get a little bit crazy or off the hinges a little bit and don't follow the rules and get in trouble. But large part, the vast majority of us have just adapted and have adjusted in our life to survive. And here we are a, month, a year and a half later, which is just crazy to think about. And now the Delta variant is here, right? We're, I think, a couple months into the Delta variant now. And it's looking like in certain states, a lot of the southern states that the Delta variant is causing COVID to get back out of control, at least from a case rate number. Now, cases is one thing. To me, cases, it's not the whole story. We need to be focusing on hospitalizations and mainly death because we don't want anyone to die, right? We want to minimize death the best that we can. But if we don't get this under control or come to a specified level of like risk acceptance, then we're going to be battling with COVID, these masks on and again, off again, vaccine requirements for forever. I mentioned in my previous episode that, you know, we might as well start treating COVID like the flu. Booster shots are already being talked about. That's where this is going to go because there's no way, not in America and not in the world, are we going to be able to eradicate COVID-19. So I'm still waiting on someone 
in a level of authority within the federal government to say, hey, this is the number of acceptable deaths, as terrible as that is to say, acceptable deaths from COVID-19 that we need to get to in order to truly get back to regular life. But COVID-19 compliance, the vaccine more specifically, vaccine compliance, it is coming for you. You know, first, the goal from the Biden administration was to get 70% of U.S. adults with at least one vaccine shot in the arm for the uh, Pfizer and Moderna vaccine, and that one shot in the arm for the J&J vaccine. They missed that target by about a month, but we're there now. But this Delta variant cases spiking, hospitalizations, and so on and so forth, now this vaccine require the vaccine requirements are being ramped up and you see it across not only federal government but state government local government municipalities you also see it within private corporations and you're seeing covid vaccine requirements as well at universities which i mentioned in the previous episode and i'll recap that here for you here in a second But basically, the screws are being turned on the unvaccinated to make life as inconvenient as possible until you bend the knee and get that COVID-19 vaccine. Now, everyone gets to make their own determination, right, of what is going to get them to get the vaccine. Maybe it's the official FDA approval instead of just the emergency youth authorization. Maybe it's longitudinal data of a year or more that shows what the vaccines will or can do, or maybe more importantly, won't do to you physically because they were developed so quickly and only tested so much. Or maybe you just are in a position in life where you will never get the vaccine. Maybe you can't for medical or religious reasons, or maybe for other reasons where you've said, hey, I've, I've calculated the risk for me and I've decided it is not advantageous for me to get the vaccine. And that's fine. That's fine. Like I've said before, I am pro-vaccine, so I want everyone to who can get vaccinated to get vaccinated. But I also have to respect freedom, right? And that's where the fight is. That's where the fight is. People saying, hey, I have my freedom to where I don't need to get this vaccine. And I don't believe you, as in the government or these businesses and private entities, universities, have the right to tell me that I have to get this vaccine. You're infringing upon my rights, right? That's the argument. That's where we are now. But I just want to give you some updates here about where these screws are being turned. So we have still have some mask mandates that are being implemented. Um, some reinstated, some new. But this week, the mayor of Philadelphia has begun to require masks indoors at all locations unless vaccinations are required at those locations for everyone. And masks are also going to be required at all outdoor, unseated gatherings of more than 1,000 people. And for indoor dining, masks are going to be required unless the restaurant requires proof of vaccination for patrons and staff. But outdoor dining, there are no changes for mask mandates, and those can continue, that can continue unrestricted. Now, as a reminder, on July 27th, the CDC updated their recommendations and said that fully vaccinated individuals are now recommended to wear masks indoors to wear masks indoors when in areas of high 
and substantial virus transmission. And the CDC also recommended on that day for universal masking of K through 12 uh, students, kids, regardless of their vaccination status. And I've been going around town in different stores every t- every time before I enter a store. I'm looking either on the door or next to the door, somewhere on the you know the glass of the the glass of the front of the door, to see what their mask requirements are. And again, I'm here in Orlando, Florida. And what I found myself doing is I am fully vaccinated, but I'm carrying around my mask uh, wrapped around my wrist because I do not want to turn back around and go back to my car if wherever I'm going, a grocery store, a department store, a sporting goods store, a restaurant that has updated since the last time I was there and now says, oh, mask required. I don't want to turn back around and go to my car and waste that time, right? So I'm just starting to carry it around, which isn't fun, but but hey, I need to go to the store, so I'll abide by the rules. But when it comes to schools, you've probably seen on the news recently that there is a lot of pushback generating from these parents. You're starting to see more and more parents and communities show up at these school board meetings to voice their opinion to the school board members and to advocate for no mask mandates. They don't want their children to wear masks, especially down to age five. Ages five, there is no data there that shows that they need to be wearing masks and that masks work for them. And these parents are citing different studies that show psychological damage for these children because they can't see the facial expressions of their teachers. Also, uh, the negative effects socially and physically for the children. Not getting as much oxygen, the oxygen levels that they need in order to continue to grow and develop. And as I mentioned in my previous episode, at that time there were nine states in Washington, D.C. that currently have mask requirements in some or all situations for vaccinated and unvaccinated people. So just like the CDC recommended for those high and substantial areas of COVID, you're vaccinated, they recommend you wear a mask, which begs the question, what was the point of getting vaccinated then? The messaging coming from the CDC and the Biden administration has been terrible. Terrible. But the main point of this episode isn't the masks. We dealt with masks for nine months to a year, right? And then by the one-year mark, I think that's when everyone, 18 and up, March of this year, 2021, was able to get vaccinated. This episode is about the vaccine mandates, and the vaccine mandates is the turning of those screws to make life as, you can say miserable, but to make life as inconvenient, certain things in life as inconvenient as possible, to get you to give in and get vaccinated, to just throw your hands up in the air, throw your arms up in the air and disgust and say, yeah, this isn't worth it anymore. I'm just going to get vaccinated. So we have vaccine mandates from municipalities, from private businesses, for their customers and for their employees. We also have government agencies, federal and state, requiring vaccination for their employees. And we have universities requiring vaccinations for their students. I believe New York City was the first city in the U.S., it's also our largest, to announce that they're going to require proof of vaccination to enter all restaurants, fitness centers, 
and indoor entertainment venues. Now this week, New Orleans followed suit, and the New Orleans Mayor LaToya Cantrell announced that New Orleans residents and visitors must show proof of a vaccination or a recent negative test to go inside restaurants, bars, other indoor venues, including the Superdome, which is where the New Orleans Saints play, their NFL team. Now, earlier in the year, the NFL or all 32 teams said that they were going to open all their stadiums and be 100 to 100% capacity. And I believe at the time there were not going to be any types of um, proof of vaccination to attend. So it's going to be interesting to see, I guess, legally what a mayor is allowed to do versus to regulate a league, right? Now, I don't know if that comes down to who actually owns the venue, like maybe the city of New Orleans owns the Superdome and it's not the Saints that own it. That'd be one thing. But in some cases, like I think for the Cowboys, if Texas did something like this or Dallas, I believe Jerry Jones owns the Cowboys stadium. So if something like this came down in, I think it's Dallas County, would he be able to, would he then file suit because the city does not own that stadium? I don't know. But we have New York City and Louis and New Orleans requiring vaccination for going indoors to certain uh, venues. And we also have a growing list of private corporations that are requiring vaccinations for employees. On my last episode, I talked about the federal, which we'll get into just here in a second. But now we have more and more private corporations requiring their employees to be vaccinated. And I said this was coming. I said this was coming whether directly or indirectly, from the federal government. It's starting from somewhere, and it is trickling into private life, private corporations, to do the bidding of what the federal government has been unable to do, which is to get enough people vaccinated, or maybe there are enough people vaccinated, and there are enough people with natural immunity who have had COVID-19, But the federal government is reluctant to decide on a number of cases or hospitalizations or, unfortunately, deaths to say, okay, we are done with this. Let's move on and we will treat COVID with vaccines and probably vaccine booster shots moving forward, just like the flu. But private entities, private companies, private corporations unemploy hundreds of thousands and some of them millions employees are requiring vaccinations, which is doing the job of the federal government. Because, I assure you, a lot of these corporations probably have uh, carve-outs and taxes and other breaks that they're receiving from the federal government. And the federal government can put the screws to them if the corporations do not put the screws to their employees or their customers. I mean, who are some of these corporations? We have Google, Facebook, Walmart, Walgreens, United Airlines, Frontier Airlines, Uber, and Lyft. Now, Walmart, Walgreens, United Airlines, Frontier Airlines, Uber, and Lyft, I believe that is for all of their corporate employees, 
and especially for Walmart and Walgreens, that does not include vaccination for their employees that work at the individual stores, but it includes their corporate employees, so those that work in their their headquarters, or I guess not in the store. In the government sector, screws are starting to tighten even more. Uh, Within the past week or so, the Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, is requiring their employees to be vaccinated. Our Department of Defense is requiring the same. And about three or four weeks ago, the Department of Veteran Affairs was the first of the federal departments to require vaccination for their employees. And I said at the time, like, I understand the Department of Veteran Affairs because it has to do with their healthcare workers, their frontline workers. And to me, that makes sense if someone's going into a VA hospital, which most of the veterans, um, I would assume, or a lot of the veterans have some type of pre-existing condition that could um, make them more susceptible to death from COVID-19. But you don't want to go in somewhere to get treated to get better and then end up getting COVID-19 from those individuals, from those healthcare workers. Now, shocker uh, this past week was that in addition to the HHS, to DOD, to the VA, the U.S. will require active duty service members in our military to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 starting mid-September or once the vaccine receives final FDA approval. That came down from, I believe it's Lloyd Austin, the, the Joint Chief of Staff, announced that this past week that all U.S. military personnel, all active members, active duty service members are going to be required to have the COVID vaccine. So that's the federal level. Now at the state level, we have nearly 20 states are requiring state employees to be vaccinated. And if they're not going to get vaccinated, then they have to submit to regular testing. So again, that regular testing, how annoying would that be if every week, maybe a couple times a week, you have to submit to the COVID test? How long are you going to put up with that for before you either, one, leave your job, or two, just give in and get vaccinated? And as I mentioned on in episode tw- as I mentioned in episode 12, I believe, there are nearly 500 colleges that are at least requiring on-campus or residential students to be fully vaccinated for their fall 2021 semester, which in some states is starting within the next week or two. One of those college systems is the university or is the Indiana University system, which has 90,000 students and 40,000 staff. Well, the reason I selected this one for the Indiana University system is because recently there was, or this week, I believe, there was a final decision by Amy Coney Barrett, who was overseeing the federal um, circuit, that went ahead and ruled and prevented this going all the way up to the Supreme Court, that the university system can require vaccination. Here's a little bit of that timeline. So in July, an Indiana district court judge sided with the university and declining to issue a preliminary injunction blocking the vaccine mandate. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit voted 3-0 to uphold the decision, and they did that, that vote happened earlier this week. Now, this all came about because students asked for an injunction from the High Court, SCOTUS, 
barring the university from enforcing the mandate. But Amy Coney Barrett, who oversees uh, this Court of Appeals, denied the requested injunction from the Supreme Court. Now, this appeals denial represents the first time that the Supreme Court has reacted to an emergency appeal specifically related to vaccine mandates. And I would go out venture to say that this will not be the last time that something vaccine-related gets up to, almost to, and maybe does get to, the Supreme Court. I mean, think of all the different... Think of all the different uh, layers. Maybe, I don't know if that's an appropriate term, but you have municipality, so like city versus maybe county, city or county versus state, state versus federal, individual versus municipality, versus county, versus state, versus federal. I mean, what a time to be a lawyer, right? I mean, you were just going to be raking in the legal fees for this time period. Unreal. So the screws are being tightened, if you haven't noticed. Private entities, state governments, federal governments are finding ways to turn the screws to get you, if you are unvaccinated, to become vaccinated. And another thing that, another way they're doing this is that they're picking two sides, or at least the media and the federal government is picking two sides. You have the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. And they're trying to turn the vaccinated against the unvaccinated by penalizing the vaccinated because of what they believe to be the root cause of this latest surge, the Delta variant, to be because of the unvaccinated. You've heard the term. We have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's what Biden himself has said. And that's what others have said. So they're trying to pit the two sides against each other. You have the unvaccinated saying, hey, I've made my decision. I'm good. I'm not going around telling vaccinated people to put on a mask, you know, like, don't bother me. Then you have the vaccinated to varying degrees. Some don't care. Some are like, hey, I got vaccinated. And the reason I got vaccinated is so that I can just live my normal life, go back to normal. And it doesn't bother me what the unvaccinated is doing because when I got vaccinated during the alpha variant, I was told I didn't need to worry about, basically didn't need to worry about anything, didn't need to worry about death, especially if you were in a, uh, if you were a younger age. You know, that 90, 95% reduction. And then you have others that are vaccinated that are saying, hey, I'm vaccinated now. Sometimes going in places, I have to wear a mask. Like, I didn't want to wear a mask. That's one of the reasons maybe why I got vaccinated. So you, unvaccinated person, people, you need to get vaccinated because you're, you being unvaccinated is causing me to have to do this extra stuff that I didn't have to do because I was vaccinated. So they're trying to put the two sides against one another. The goal of that is to drive the unvaccinated to get vaccinated, justly or not. And as I've mentioned before in other episodes, these screws are going to continue to be tightened. You already heard Biden say, maybe you didn't, but if you didn't hear him say it, he said this week, I think in a response to the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, I think he said that they are looking into federal mask mandates and the the legality of it, whether or not they're able to do that. So there's pushback. 
There's pushback on what some people say overreach and what others would argue is not overreach because the end goal in their mind is they are doing what is right, what is best for the country. But these screws are going to be tightened. I think they're going to be tightened and you'll start to hear this next phrase more and more of we could only, if we could only save just one, one more life. But that phrase, where does that end? Like, what's the end goal with that phrase? Of course, we always want to save a life, but the things that are certain in life, they say, are death and taxes. Everyone's going to die, right? So, trying to save one more life, this would never end. If we were always trying to truly save one more life, and that was actually possible to save everyone's life, we wouldn't be driving cars, We wouldn't be flying in planes. You know, we wouldn't be whatever, you know, we'd be in a bunker somewhere to hide from every natural disaster. We'd walk around in PPE equipment all day, every day, so that no illnesses can be passed. Right? So, I think you're going to start to hear that term used more often is, Oh, we're doing this because we can just save one more life. Death is very unfortunate. I am very glad at this time that both my children are extremely young and that COVID has not been a disease that targets the extremely young. I would never want anything to happen to my two boys, that is for sure. And I'm thankful, thankful that COVID has not been an attack on the young. And as I said, we need someone in leadership, if there is any more trust in the federal government, we need someone to say, hey, we said our goal was 70%, right? They were able to say that goal. It doesn't seem like it got us anywhere because maybe because of the Delta variant and that changes things. But based on the Alpha variant, the goal is 70% single shot of vaccination. But when is someone going to come out and give us a concrete number, a goal to shoot for, for hospitalization rate, but ultimately the death rate. Because we have accepted the death rates of numerous diseases and other things, but we are not ready to come up with an acceptable death rate. But we're going to have to, otherwise we're going to be doing this dance for the rest of our lives. Because if the goal is to always save one more life, then we'll always be masked and we'll always be having vaccination pushed upon us. But someone within government, FDA, CDC, NIH, somewhere, needs to say we can get to normal plus booster shots, right? Because I think this is going to turn into the flu. But we can get to pre-pandemic life if, if we can cut the national death rate down to X. But until then, these screws are going to continue to be tightened. And more and more people who don't want to get vaccinated for various reasons are going to have to make the ultimate, are going to have to make a decision between do I want to patron this place? That's not worth it. I'll go find somewhere else. Or for a lot of people, hundreds of thousands of people, probably eventually millions, get to do I not want to be vaccinated so much that I'll lose my job? What are the alternatives I have if I decide I don't want to get vaccinated 
and I lose this job, will I be able to go do something similar or completely different and not be in that unemployment line? Yes or no? I think that's the major screw right now that's being tightened is it's threatening people's jobs, which is an indirect threat on their livelihoods. We already went through massive unemployment because of the forced government shutdown. And now we're telling people that they can be in positions to where they might lose their job unless they bend the knee to get vaccinated. That's another um, self-created unemployment problem. I don't think that's right, but it's going to continue to happen because anything that could be done legally is going to take too long to figure out. And all these people are just going to have to decide, is it worth the trouble to be unvaccinated or should I just give in and get vaccinated? It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out and to see how long that the unvaccinated individuals put up with this stuff before just snapping, for lack of a better term, and pushing back on whoever is pushing on them. All right, that's it for this episode. Remember to subscribe and engage with me on Instagram at counter underscore thought, on Twitter at counter underscore podcast, and on the Counterthought podcast page on Facebook. Thank you for listening to Counterthought.